This reading is from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. Jesus appears to the disciples. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Amen. Friends, will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. Amen. Friends, our uh, scripture, we, we changed our scripture readings a little bit. I know that last week I sent you uh, scripture to read throughout the week, and the Sunday scripture is a little bit different than the one that Megan read today. Um, that was intentional, and, and I apologize. We will read the Acts text in a couple of weeks, but for now we're going to spend a couple of weeks in the book of Luke, the book of John, and the book of Matthew. Um, the text this morning, uh, Jesus comes to the disciples in the upper room in, in uh, chapter 20, and I like this text a lot. It's only four short verses, but I think there's a lot to unpack um, in these four verses. The very first thing I wanted to point out, the very first thing that uh, my eyes get drawn to is verse 20. After Jesus had said this, he showed the disciples his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, we're going to talk next week all about Thomas and, and doubting Thomas and, and the questions that, that the disciples had after that Jesus was resurrected. Um, but what I found interesting in the text this morning in, in verse 20 is if we remember back to verse 19, the disciples were hiding in the upper room. They had locked the door. They closed down the, the, the curtains and the shades and the windows. They were hiding out from the Jewish authorities, worrying that they would be next. And Jesus, the resurrected Jesus appears to them in their room. He he comes through the locked door, comes through the wall, and is standing in their presence. And at first, I think the disciples were freaked out. Jesus says, peace be with you. The peace of the Father be with you. And then he shows them his hands and shows them his side. And then the disciples say, it is the Lord. Then the disciples realize who is standing with them. Then they realize that it is Jesus. And so I think that's important for two very specific reasons. The first is that when Thomas later in the chapter, which we're going to read next week, when Thomas doubts, people give him a hard time. Um, and even the phrase doubting Thomas is still prevalent today. But more importantly, what does it say about Jesus that he kept the signs of his crucifixion even after he was resurrected? That he came back from the dead, that, that he... He died on, on Friday, went into the tomb on Saturday, and on Sunday when he came out, he kept the scars on his hands. He kept the spear in, the, in his side. He kept these pains and, and he kept these, these signs of torture. He kept the scars on his body. 
What does that mean for us when, when we carry the scars of those who have hurt us in the past? What does that mean for us when we carry the scars of, of addiction or of sin or of accidents or of violence against us? That even our God, when he is resurrected, our God who can walk through walls, our God who can change his appearance, that even he keeps his scars when he is back on earth. And it is through those scars that he shows himself to his disciples. What about our scars? How can we use our scars? What do our scars look like? And, and are they a reminder of what has happened? Can we grow from our scars? When I was younger, I, uh, I have a lot of scars. Um, I've, I've, <laughs> I was very accident prone as a child. And um, one of the accidents I had, I was, I was riding my bike and um, I, I lost some footing on my bike and the sand slipped and, and the handlebar uh, spun around. It, it, um, it, it's a little gruesome. It caught my belly button um, and tore about three or four inches um, of my abdomen open. And I remember getting rushed to the ER and I remember going through the surgery um, and I remember waking up in, in, in recovery. Um, I, was, I was about 11 or 12 at this time. Um, and I remember waking up at recovery and, and my mom and my father were there and my siblings were there and my, my uncle and my grandfather were there. And, and later I, I had talked to my mom and, and, and had heard that, that the doctors were worried um, that, that I would have died in many different ways that night. Um, when I had slipped on the, on the sand and hit my head, I could have, I could have gotten a concussion. I could have um, uh, hit something in my head or broken my spine. Uh, when the handlebar had caught my, my abdomen and my belly button, I could have, I could have hit one of my organs in my, in my abdomen. Um, I could have gotten sepsis or, or uh, tetanus from the bicycle handle. I could have died in shock as I was on the, on the street with nobody around. And, um, I could have gotten an infection from the hospital. I could have, all of these different things could have gone wrong. And so my scar, and, and I'm not going to show you my scar, but but the scar that I have is, is, a, is a constant reminder to me that, that life is precious. That very quickly everything could change. That, that very quickly of something that I, I was riding my bike to, to go and talk to my mom about something who was visiting at a friend's house. Um, that, that how quickly everything had changed and how, how precious and how, how careful my life um, or how close my life was to the end. And so we carry these scars on our bodies, and, and the truth is, so did Christ. When Jesus was resurrected, when, when, when he was able to walk through walls and to, to appear to the disciples at will, when, when Jesus had, was given all power and authority from God the Father, he still kept the scars of the oppressive regime on his body. He still kept the scars from the Roman soldiers who pierced his skin. He kept the scars from oppression. He kept the scars from a brutal dictatorship. Jesus Christ kept those, star, kept those scars and knows how deep they run, knows how deep they feel, knows that, that when we hold our scars on our body that we feel them even deeper than, is, than what is visible. And so even in the resurrection, Christ kept his scars even in the resurrection, Christ was still disabled. And then when we continue down in verses 21 and 22, again, Jesus says, peace be with you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, 
this text, um, there's a joke going around among pastors who were looking at this text about Jesus breathing on them in light of COVID. But um, I think the I think the meaning and, and I think the, the humor, um, or not even humor, excuse me, I think the connection is even deeper. Peace be with you, um, uh, that, that shalom that we talk about, uh, this all-encompassing total peace of, of the word shalom. But then when Jesus said, he, or when it says Jesus breathed onto them and they received the Holy Spirit, there's a word in the original Greek, um, pneuma, uh, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. And pneuma literally means spirit or breath or wind. Um, and so what Jesus says is, what the scripture basically says in the original Greek is that Jesus breathed on them and said, receive my breath, receive my soul, receive my spirit. It's the same spirit that we saw in Genesis chapter one, when it says that the spirit of God was, was flying through the void. The spirit of God had descended upon the, the formless void of earth. It's that spirit that, that Ruach, Ruach Elohim is the, the Hebrew for the spirit of God. That same Ruach, which means spirit or breath in Hebrew, this Ruach is the same in chapter, in chapter 2 when, when God breathes the breath of life into, Noah's nostr- or into Adam's nostrils. This Ruach, this, this breath, this spirit, this life force that when Jesus breathes onto them and says, receive the Holy Spirit, when Jesus breathes onto them and says, receive my pneuma, receive my breath, he's saying, receive the breath of life. And the connection this morning, I think, in the Greek word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, is also the root of where we get the word pneumonia. Pneumonia, the the very thing that is 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 so deadly about COVID-19, this this pneumonia, this um, lack of breath, this this suffocation, this this disease that fills our lungs so that the breath of life cannot get in, this disease that is causing us to 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 die because we cannot get the holy breath. And I think today, when Jesus breathes on us and says, "Receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Numa, receive the Ruach." receive the Ruach Elohim, it's important to remember that it is the disabled Christ, the one who who keeps his scars on his hands and his scar on his side, the Jesus who knows our pain and knows our suffering. It is that Jesus who is breathing onto us and is breathing and giving us the breath of life. It is that Jesus who is in hospital rooms today, standing next to patients, standing next to patients who are breathing and struggling to breathe and maybe breathing their last. It is that Jesus who breathed the the holy breath onto us, the holy Ruach, the holy Numa, the Holy Spirit onto us and said, Shalom, peace be with you. We are hiding in our upper rooms today. We are hiding like the disciples behind locked doors. And we are waiting for Jesus to come and to breathe the Holy Spirit onto us. But the truth is, he already has. The truth is, the, excuse me, 
the holy breath that is in us, the holy breath that is in our lungs, the holy breath that has been breathed into our nostrils is the same holy breath that, that we lose. When we realize that life is precious, when we realize that life is just a series of breaths, how can we say that the economy is worth more than the holy breath? How can we look at, around at the world and say that, that there is an acceptable number of people there is an acceptable number of people who can die as long as we can get the economy back in place. There's a certain number of people that it is an acceptable loss if my small business won't close. There's a, there's a certain number of people that are acceptable losses when every single life is precious, when every single life receives the holy pneuma or the holy ruach, when every single life has been named and claimed by God. How can we say that any life is, is worthless or any life is, is worth uh, sacrificing for the good of the economy? Friends, this week, our God is in our midst. The resurrected Christ is with us and, and he bears the scars on his hands. He bears the wounds on his hands. He bears the very sign of the passion on his body. He is with those in hospitals today because he knows what it is like to fight for our lives. He is with us in our midst because he also knows what it is like to be uh, vented and, and be put on a ventilator, to be struggling for breath, to hang on that cross and know that you are going to die. He is in the hospital rooms today. He is in the upper room. He is in our rooms today and and trying to give us the breath of life, trying to give us the holy pneuma, the holy ruach. Christ is with us today in our world, and the resurrected Christ isn't going anywhere. The resurrected Christ is here to stay, and, and we are going to walk alongside of him and, and talk about him and look at what he is trying to teach us, because he still, he came back and didn't just appear once or twice, he came back for 40 days because he still had things to teach us. And one of them today was that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ruach, the breath of life is within us. It is what gives us energy and strength and power. It is, it is what gives us access to God. The, the Holy Ruach is what, what is breathed into our nostrils when we are born. And the Holy Ruach is what we breathe with our last breath. The Holy Breath of God is within us. The Holy Pneuma is in our lungs. And so this week, as you go out, breathe deeply. Breathe deeply and know that every breath is a gift from God, that every breath is the holy breath of God, the holy pneuma, the holy ruach, the holy spirit is in our breath. And as you breathe, rejoice. Friends, let us pray. Gracious and holy God, Lord, we, we thank you for the holy Ruach. We thank you for the holy Numa. We thank you for the spirit of God, for the breath of God, for the wind of God. We know that the Holy Spirit will descend on the day of Pentecost, but in the meantime, we know that we breathe the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is with us from our first breath to our last. And so, Lord, let the Holy Spirit descend 
Let the Holy Spirit awaken within us. Let the Holy Spirit abide within us. Let it be in our communities. Let it be in our hospitals. Let it be in our homes. Let it be in our nursing homes. Let it be in our long-term care facility. Let it be with the Holy uh, let it be with the government and let it be with our, our children. Lord, let the Holy Spirit be in this land in such a way that, that we may know comfort from you, that we may, we may know peace with you, that you may heal us, that you may abide within us, that you may journey with us and walk alongside of us. Lord, we know that Jesus kept his scars, that he kept his wounds even in, even after resurrection that he kept the holes in his hands even after he came back from the dead. And we know, Lord, that he keeps the memories along with them. That the scars have memories and that he knows our pain and knows our anguish and knows what it is like to struggle to breathe. And so, Lord, give us strength this week. Give us strength as we are at home, as we are as we are holding back, as the economy is going down, but we are saying that is fine, that every human life is worth it, that every human life is worth more than money, that, that we will sacrifice our money if we can in order to save lives, that every life breathes the Holy Spirit, breathes the Holy Numa, breathes the Holy Ruach. And so, Lord, guide us and Grant us your peace, grant us your spirit, grant us your breath. Let us breathe deeply this week, Lord, knowing that you are in every breath. We pray all these things in the name of the resurrected Christ, who died and then came back to teach us how to live, to teach us how to be uh, Christians, to teach us how to be disciples, to teach us how to live with one another, and to teach us how to pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon this week. This has been a joint Broadway and Port Colden United Methodist Church process. My name is Pastor Jesse, the pastor of Broadway and Port Colden Churches. We hope you've had a great time listening today and have a blessed week as you go about your day. Please think about stopping in and joining us one Sunday. We'd be happy to have you. If you have any questions about the churches, about the message, or anything else that you can think of, please reach out to us at info at broadwaynj.org or info at portcoldenumc.org. Thank you and have a great day.